Welcome to I Need Some Air. Bending. A last airbender fan cast from someone who's seen the show before. And someone who has not. I'm Landon Ferguson. And I'm Michael Williams. So we open up, coming off of last episode, Sokka was in the storm. Turns out he's a little bit sick and got some kind of illness, a little fever. He starts off in a fever dream, and he's laughing at, I guess, Appa's stand-up career or whatever. So he's sick, and Katara's caring for him, and then she eventually starts to get sick as well. So Aang's like, okay, uh, well, there's a nearby herbalist, old lady, so he goes to her to try and find a cure, and he does. And manages to find some frozen frogs for them to suck on, apparently that'll cure it. On the way, he is kidnapped by the Yuyan archers, commanded by the newly promoted Admiral Zhao. So he's captured and put into a fortress. However, a sword-wielding masked marauder, the, quote, Blue Spirit, rescues Aang from Zhao's compound. Now, the Blue Spirit is knocked unconscious during the escape, and we discover that it is <gasps> Zuko! Aang saves him and offers him friendship, but Zuko, uh, being Zuko, violently rebuffs him. We see Zuko and Aang go their separate ways and kind of go back to their friends. I like this episode. I do. I like this episode. It's it's a bit action-oriented. Yeah, at the same time, it's kind of peaceful. Yeah. Aang's alone. Pretty much Zuko is alone. We don't realize it, but we're just sort of seeing two characters throughout this whole episode, really. Yep, pretty much. Katara and Sokka are kind of indisposed. I'm going to start with the big question. Did you ever know this was Zuko? Uh, yes, I did. And and you're not going to like why. I think I know why. Yeah, because I remember this specific scene from the Avatar movie. Mm-hmm. With old Dev Patel as Zuko. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if, if you were going to have recalled that being in the movie yeah i think what what tipped me off was the mask because i i remember the specific look of the mask in the movie mm -hmm. so when i saw him in the episode I was like, okay yeah, yeah that's that's probably zuko so i spent the episode sort of paying attention to how the two characters the blue spirit and zuko were portrayed throughout the thing and they really go out of their way to make this look like it's not zuko the whole time because yeah. you, you see the Blue Spirit in the beginning, sneaking around the Fire Nation compound. And then you see Zuko, and he's just in the middle of the ocean on his ship, being boarded by another Fire Nation ship, asking questions about the Avatar. Then the next time you see the Blue Spirit, he's just still at the compound. So, like, they really never let Zuko be seen anywhere but the middle of the ocean on his boat. And, it, I mean, it almost... Mm -hmm almost doesn't make sense how he's kind of in two places at once like this but it it works yeah i think it works you know it's good old classic misdirection trying to get us mm -hmm. not to not to think about it i just wanted to pay extra close attention to how they portrayed this one person as two separate characters mm -hmm. i like it yeah and who knows we saw last episode that uh, Iroh was able to take lightning. Just, just take it. Maybe Zuko, he can ride lightning. And that's how <laughs> he's getting on and off the boat and all that. Oh, right, never mind. He, we saw at the end, he had a little tiny boat carrying him back and forth. Did we, really? Yeah, I think at the very end, you see like the, oh. the ramp is lowered and you see like something, 
It looked like a tiny rowboat or something. When he's coming back onto the ship. Yeah, you're right, you're right. He's coming back on the I, ship. I didn't pay that any mind. But yeah, I kind of, I liked it. We, we saw, we saw Zuko's determination in this episode. Mm-hmm. So we saw how far he was willing to go to make sure that he got the Avatar, not Commander Zhao, or Admiral Zhao, as he now is. Yeah. Oh, Zhao's back. Zhao's back, yeah. I like Zhao. I also enjoyed the introduction of the Yuyan archers. That's a nice platoon for the Fire Nation to have in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done what nobody else has been able to yet. They actually captured Aang. Yeah. Props to the Yuyan archers, you know, yep. they... I don't think they talked at all in this episode, so... Mm-mm. And no, there wasn't, like, a hero character among them or anything. They were all just sort of background characters. I'd be curious to see if they get used again. I don't remember. Yeah, they didn't talk the talk. They uh, they, they pretty much just uh, walked the walk. And early on in this episode, we see Zhao arguing with another colonel at this Fire Nation compound. And I like seeing this power dynamic between the different fire nation troops you know you've got Zhao is trying to funny enough he's trying to like get on the good graces of the fire lord by capturing the avatar and get a promotion and it seems he already is because the fire lord promotes him already yeah and then he was he was then higher ranked than the colonel so he was then able to order use of the archers who knows maybe he did a little scheme Maybe he, he sent a pigeon to the Fire Lord first and said, like, you have to promote me. I just got the Yuyan archers under my command. And then, like, he had to hope that uh, that promotion came in at the right time for him to hmm. actually get the Yuyan archers. It's like a really weird Ponzi scheme or something. Whatever it is, I mean, it's clear Zhao is not, he's not just sneaking his way through the ranks. He's clearly done something to get as far as he has. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably not always a good thing. Oh, really? Dang. <laughs> I thought it was a good guy. Who knows? Maybe he'll come around. Who knows? Maybe he loves kittens or something. Aw. Do kittens exist in uh, Avatar? They're probably a half-mix breed of some kind, <laughs> like a like a kitten squirrel or something. Like joined with a lizard or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Commander Zhao, you know, he uh, strong-arms his way into getting the Huyan archers. Mm-hmm. You know, they... They do the job. They have to give it. They have to give them props. They do the job. And once he captures Aang, he points out that he can't kill the Avatar. He has to keep him alive. You finally get to see them sort of admit that reality that they can't just kill him and be done with it. Yeah. Which then comes back to bite him later when Zuko, as the Blue Spirit, threatens to kill him if they don't let him escape. Oh uh, yeah. Do you think Zuko was bluffing? Um. It's hard, hard to say. I think since Zhao did not know that it was Zuko, he bought it. Like, if Zhao knew that it was yeah. Zuko, he probably would not have called on that bluff. Yeah, he would have called his bluff if he would known it was Zuko. That's definitely a factor. But it being Zuko, do you think he was bluffing? Because here's my argument. Would Zuko kill the Avatar rather than let Zhao have him? I think so. Like, Zuko doesn't get what he wants if he kills the Avatar. But he also doesn't get what he wants if Zhao captures the Avatar. Right. I think that's what his head's at. It's like, if you do this, I don't get what I want, so I might as well try and do this. Because, you know, I I still won't get what I want. 
taking yeah, you down so. with me kind of thing. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, had a nice little battle sequence between Aang and the the archers. Yeah, we see a lot from Aang this time. Even a little bit of water bending in the oh, swamp. Yeah. yeah, he brought the water up and then the water froze. Yeah, he froze it four arrows later, smashed right through it. Yeah, that was a nice bit of foreshadowing. They showed that like arrow breaking bit in the beginning. And then we see it again when he's mm-hmm. got the ice shield up. I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, we see a lot of different moves from Aang this time around. Mm-hmm. A lot of air shields and super speed and... Oh yeah, can we talk about the super speed? I mean, we've seen him do it before. He ran on water with the Unagi. Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You, you just push the air behind you. I don't know. It stretches it a little. I mean, I think it stretches things a little bit, but it's... I guess if you can bend air, you can... Cut down on your wind resistance, help keep your balance, and, you know... Really increase your terminal velocity. Yeah, I'm not bothered by it as a skill that airbenders can have. Yeah. I don't think it goes too far or anything. Tell you what, it gets a pass. But the next surprise skill he has, you know, I won't be as lenient. Yeah. We see him use super breath. Not the first time, but... Yeah, it was pretty powerful when he uh, basically blew uh, Commander Xiao all the way against the wall with his yeah. lung power. I like the moment when Aang threatened Xiao. He said, I've never run from you. Untie me. We'll fight right now. I believe Aang could take him, too. He probably could. I love the movement of the airbender style. The footwork to just keep getting behind your opponent. They can't hit you if you never let them just like stare you down eye to eye. Yeah. I'm sure that's the same for every kind of fight. This style specifically, though, is like Aang's constantly sidestepping in a way that no one else does. No other style does. Yeah. Uh, I I will admit, the old herbalist, that lady, (laughs) got on my nerves. (laughs) Luckily, she wasn't there very long. Wasn't there very long. She's like, "You you are very ineffective. You're insane, aren't you? That's right. What that happened where he's just like, oh, you gotta go down to the swamp and get the frozen frogs. They gotta suck on the frogs and then they'll be cured. You're insane, right? That's right. And I thought she was gonna say, here's what you actually need to do. <laughs> nope. It's the frogs. I forgot they had to suck on the frogs. I, I don't know why, because that's always been really funny. I thought he had to bring the frogs back to her. So that she could then mix them up in a medicine to make something for them. Yep, gotta suck on them. Apparently they secrete something when they're frozen. That they don't secrete any time else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the weird part. Not that they're frozen. I think the weird part is when <laughs> all the frogs that Aang had on him when he was in captivity like were partially unfrozen. They just started moving away from him. And you just see like all these half-frozen frogs just moving like limping along the floor yeah and then they they go underneath the door and like the fire nation people are just looking at them it's like hmm okay just another tuesday frog infestation you know just comes with the territory of being so close to the swamp man those frogs are gross hey don't don't crap on those frogs man i was sick last week i sucked on one of those frogs (laughs) i got all better there's not a lot in this episode, even though it's one of my favorites. It, it's very, very self-contained. Yeah. That's just kind of what happens. Like we hit, mm-hmm. It's an action-oriented episode. 
Last episode had a good bit of action, but it also had a, a great deal of story within it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, they're doing a good job of juggling. They'll have one that's mainly story, and then one that has action, then one yeah. that has both. Yeah, I haven't really seen a bad episode yet. It's episodes like this where that 22-minute runtime really just kills it, you know, because... It's like I could have I could have sat there and watched stuff in this episode for ten more minutes easily. Yep. What did you think about Aang's story trying to reach out to Zuko saying being born a hundred years ago, I had this friend, we got in and out of trouble together. He was from the Fire Nation. And he asked Zuko, Do you think we could have been friends? I think that's just the good nature heart of Aang. Mm hmm From what we've seen of him, that's pretty much who he is. Uh, he would be the one to offer friendship if Zuko showed him an ounce of kindness. And he technically kind of did in this episode by saving him. Mm hmm But for his own his own ends. His own ends, but you know, Aang doesn't know that. I mean, he does now. Uh, yeah, I he think. probably does now. He's like, hey, can we be friends? It's like, oh, uh, uh, you singed my eyebrows. Never mind. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was real funny because I thought Zuko was asleep the whole time. And he's talking, and Aang finishes, and it cuts to Zuko, and he's just, like, looking at him, like, eyes open, and he's like, Yeah! Yeah, I mean, he waited till he woke up to start talking, because you see the camera view from Zuko's point of view. They do that lens trick where the, like, eyelids are opening up. Okay, I missed that part. My bad. Do you root for Zuko? At this point, a little bit. Like, in some ways, you feel bad for him, especially now that you know specifically what he's been through and what's on the line for him. I mean, yeah, pretty much, yeah, I root for but, him. But at the same time, it's like you can't, you can't capture the Avatar, so then it's like you're conflicted about liking this character. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for him. If, if, it, if it was different and he was just going around saying, like, I, I'm gonna go kill the Avatar, then like, yeah, yeah, it'd be a little harder but knowing that they're they're not gonna kill him because they can't, right? It's a little bit easier to root for him, but you know, I part of me is kind of rooting for him because I'm rooting for Iroh. Mm -hmm. So it's it's more rooting for by association than anything right. else. <laughs> like I, I'll support Iroh till the day he dies, and then yeah. uh, and Zuko can get that as well. Love the music in this episode too. That mm -hmm. somber. I don't know, what was that? They showed Iroh playing it on like this bent trumpet thing, but I do not think that's the actual instrument that this sound was coming from. It looked like some variation of an old horn. Kind of like a Viking horn or something. Yeah. Seeing all this detail they're putting into paying respect to the Asian culture, I'm sure it's something specific from Asian culture. Are you looking it up? Trying to. Okay. Originally created for episode 13, The Blue Spirit, this song is meant to emphasize the stealthiness of Zuko's alternate identity. It uses the duduk, which is the instrument that provides the sound for the sunji horn. Iroh talks about playing the sunji horn in The Blue Spirit when the music is first heard. So, interesting, it's saying that it uses the duduk that is the instrument that provides the sound for the sunji horn that Iroh is using in the episode. 
I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have no idea what that means. It means they used one instrument that was making that sound for the instrument they drew in the cartoon. Oh, okay. So it was not, I was right, it was not the proper instrument okay. making that sound. I thought, I thought for a second you were trying to say that Ira was using the dudic like inside the, the Sunji horn. No. And I because was very confused. Here's, here's what I got me thinking. It sounds like a small flute. Mm-hmm. And he was holding a horn. It was too high-pitched for that horn, which made me think that that doesn't seem right. And I'm a little bit shocked that, that they didn't hold... I mean, I guess... I guess it's not that surprising because in one thing, you just draw the episode and then later the sound design comes in. And they they make what you know sounds the best for the scenarios going on on screen. Mm-hmm. So I guess I mean it's not really their fault that the sound they chose for the moment, which I think was correct, didn't match the instrument that they drew for Iroh to hold. So Landon, are you saying that we have a production error in Avatar: The Last Airbender? I mean, are you surprised? Our, really? our, our first, air, our first can't be the first it's just the first noticeable one the first noticeable one after we spent five minutes googling it <laughs> yeah overall i i thought this was a really good episode i do kind of hope next episode has a little bit more story because um it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of hard to talk about a show when it's just action or just visuals or such and not a whole lot of story or dialogue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, like I said, it's a very, it's a very intimate episode. Mm-hmm. It's really three characters the whole time. You hit Zhao, Aang, and Zuko. Do you think we'll see Zuko adopt this identity again? Um, maybe. If he runs into Zhao again, he might might do it. Did he? Zuko didn't call himself anything. I know we're calling him the Blue Spirit, but did they ever actually call him the Blue Mm-mm. Spirit? As when Zuko was the Blue Spirit, he never said a word. That makes uh, sense. And I don't think anybody in the episode called him the Blue Spirit. I think it was just the title of the episode. Alright, anything else you want to close about on this episode? Uh, no, I really have nothing else for this episode, it was a mm-hmm. good one. I enjoyed it. Not a whole lot happened, but the, that's fine. A lot happened. It's just not a lot to speculate on. Yeah. Everything that happened in this episode, you see it happened straight up. I mean, they even reveal who the Blue Spirit is. I think, should they have left that a closer mystery or like just a slightly longer mystery? I mean, maybe... But I don't think they were really playing into the whole serialized fiction mm-hmm. with the show. Because I think they know, okay, it's a kid show. If they miss this one episode, we can't just have, like, the Blue Spirit keep showing up. So I think I think it's easier if they just make it a one and done. Yeah, better to be a self-contained story and let the background arc that we're already following continue to be the main focus. The long-term focus. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Michael, 
Yeah. Tell us what next week's episode is. Next week's episode? Well, it will be episode 14, The Fortune Teller. Aang, Sokka, and Katara come across a village that's dependent on its resident fortune teller who has reliably predicted its future for generations. Alright, so we're going to see a little bit of scamming going on next episode, I think. Oh, you're automatically jumping to false fortune telling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm prejudiced okay. against fortune tellers. Sue me. In the real world, yes. In a fictional cartoon world, you're still thinking the fortune teller is a scammer. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I don't like having an open mind. I close my mind, even in fiction. Even in fiction. Yeah, it's really fun, you know, having a closed mind to fiction. It's just like everything angers you because nothing is the way you thought it was. <laughs> Michael, why are you so angry? Why are you throwing books around? It's like watching Titanic. It's like, this, this boat's not going to sink. Ah, no. I hate it. <laughs> That's that's the new the new shelf in the bookstore now, right? Excuse me, I'm looking for your closed-minded fiction section. So I, I wanted what? to I wanted to fit every one of my expectations. I do not want to be surprised. It's like you read the back of the book for the description, and then every page in the book is exactly word for word the description on the back of the book. So it's like you'll never be surprised. I don't want my expectations to be failed so i you know, i'm gonna read charles dickens because i know in, in in any of his books a poor man's going to overcome adversity oh look i'm right <laughs> a majority of the time take that charles dickens uh, let's not insult him too much he's a dear man <laughs> all he did was write one whole chapter about a casket of wine breaking on the street and then it blinded a young man, and he became Daredevil. Wait, what are we talking about? What? Dickens created the Marvel Universe? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'd buy that. Yeah. Just the most epic crossover. What if Charles Dickens created the Marvel Universe? Well, on that note, that's going to do it for us this week. Join us next time for episode 14. The fortune teller. It's a scam, Landon. I'm telling you, it's a scam. What am I supposed to do with frozen frogs? Why, suck on them, of course. Suck on them? The frog skin excretes a substance that'll cure your friends. But make sure you get plenty. Once those little critters thaw out, they're useless. You're insane, aren't you? That's right.